Let's continue talking football. We were supposed to talk to him last week. He's going to chat to us this week. Roger Desa, uh, football. Can we call you a football legend yet, Roger? <laughs> oh, it makes me sound very old. Eh? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it's, it's nice to be yeah. called. Uh, Roger Federer is a tennis legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but, but he is. Jeez, I mean, come on, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> you got to compare apples with apples. <laughs> what? Okay, first of all, big important questions. How's Cape Moyo handling all of this? What's going on? Yeah, look, I think we're handling it like everybody else. You know, um, very frustrated at times and uh, very bored at others, and <laughs> um, and then obviously there's also the excitement of uh, possibility of getting back on the field. So, yeah, very mixed up. Um, a nice rest, a nice break to mm. start off with. Um, I think it, it, I think a lot of us uh, never had this in our lives, and uh, it's something totally new. And was a chance to get to know the family and the family dog, and <laughs> and get to know every corner of the house and repair whatever it needs to be repaired, and so on. Through difficult times, but yeah, but I think uh, soon after that, the frustration started to creep in, and everybody just wants to get back on the field. Are you guys training? Yes, we are. We've uh, we've complied with all the all the requirements. Um, for the last two weeks, you know, everybody's been tested, um, sanitized, and we're following all the rules that have to be followed, and so far, so good. Uh, what do you make of the to and fro between the PSL and SAFA over the last couple of weeks? You know, there, there's, uh, there's an old saying that um, when two elephants fight, only the grass suffers. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as, as football, we are stuck in between that at the moment, and uh, I think the PSL is, is a professional wing and they've done a fantastic job. SAFA is the mother body and they obviously look after the, the amateurs, so to speak, and we are just uh, a special uh, body or whatever they want to call it. Um, uh, but I think SAFA, when they say that football will return at level one, I think they are meaning the amateur, the, the social player, the... Right the youth and so on and so on. But I, I think that the professional wing is an industry and I think it's something totally different that's got to be handled very, very differently. So it's livelihood, it's, it's uh, careers, it's many things that come to play, uh, it's families and so on. So I think it's got to be dealt with very differently and um, and I think that's probably where the, you know, the misunderstanding is coming. I mean, it's like like everybody else, where you look overseas and you see other industries opening. When you you're watching the the FA Cup live tonight, and you're seeing what's going on in Germany and Portugal and Spain, and and you're sitting on the couch having to watch those games. Yeah, that's that has been the frustrating part of it, and obviously there's always the fear of you know of the the damage that will happen to the game in the future. You know, you look at you got to right. look at sponsorships, TV rights, and so on and so on. So it is massive, and I think. Um, I think the quicker we get back on the field, the better. Uh, I think the PSL themselves, which are part of it, they've done everything they can to make it as, as safe as possible. We've got to be honest and fair that it's never going to be perfect. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going to the pick and pay and buying your groceries is not, is not, <laughs> uh, is not, is not you know, 100% perfect either. So there's going to be an element of risk for sure. And I think that's something that we've, we've come to live with. Right. But uh, if we stick to the rules and, and we, we go by it and we everybody gets tested and so on, I think um, it will be limited damage and I think it will save the game. Yeah, I was just thinking of that now. It's the same 25 guys that are going to be on the pitch every day where you can go to just, you can go to the spa 
and you can meet 25 brand new people every time you go. Absolutely. I mean, uh, or you get into a taxi to go to work and there's <laughs> yes. 20 people that you've never seen in your life. Yes. So, so I think there's, a, there's so many other things that are such higher risk. Right. And, um, and I think you've got to weigh things up. And, and again, this is an industry that affects thousands of people mm. and it will affect in the future as well. So it's not a social game. It's not a, and I think that's, that's the difference. You know, you're not looking at, um, you know, just a keep fit class. You know, mm. this is uh, an industry that has to stay alive. Uh, let's talk quickly, and the reason we got you in last week was to talk about the Midwest Vits uh, status. You're coaching a team that bought a status. What's your view on Vits losing their Premier League status? Well, firstly, it's it's quite personal to me. Of course, I, I spent, um, I don't know, what it was, 12 years, 13 years, whatever yeah. it was, at, at the club, both as a player and, and, a, and a coach and a coach CEO, whatever it was. I mean, I, I did everything there, so... A lot of history, a lot of things we built and we put together. Um, it's sad to see that go, um, of course. But then again, I've got to look at the rules and regulations of it. It's, it is a franchise and it's been bought over. And I think uh, it is what it is. I think um, the fact that Bidvest have let it go, mm-hmm. they bought it. They tackled to sell it. Um, so you, you've got to look at, you know, there's, there's good and bad in everything, I suppose, and everything comes to an end. And it's sad that what is it, the 99th year or whatever it was, and yeah. it's coming to an end. And it's, it's very, it's pretty, I cannot say, it's, uh, there's no emotions there. It's just I'll get rid of it and, and move on. So that's the sad part of it. And it's and it's affected so many players. I mean, so many people have come through that club mm. at different levels. And, uh, and it's touched so many people. And it's sad to see it go like that. From what I understand, there's still going to be, uh, uh, you, you can't imagine Vitz not having a soccer team. Right and 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 carrying on with with a club maybe it won't be called Vitz but they'll still have a football club surely. Yeah, they will. Obviously, the students will continue to play in the in the varsity league, for example, yeah. the varsity cup. Um, there is an amateur wing that will probably continue out of Mark's Park that have been there for for many many years. But the sad part is the I think the, the professional wing that had been there also for a very very long time. I mean. The likes of you know Gary Bailey and, mm. and uh, I mean Rod Danley, Mark Mark. I mean I could just go through the names that have come through that club. Um, this is huge. Um, so that that's the sad part that that the professional wing has now sort of just disappeared. I honestly thought that you know maybe they'll have an opportunity to keep maybe an NFT status and, and to continue with it in the lower league uh, because they've got fantastic facilities and they'll always produce players. I thought it would be nice to see them carrying on and maybe one day, you know, getting back to the top again, you know, and, and, and being back into the PSL. I mean, that would be ideal. But sad to see that. I don't think there was even a negotiation on that side of it. It was just purely, yeah. you know, get rid of it and, and move on. You know, very very corporate decision, I would say. But uh, you've got to respect that. You know, when, when they came in, the club needed the help and needed the assistance to, to be successful or to go to the next level. And you've got to respect um, the company like Bidvest that, that put in loads of money to get that, those results. Yeah, I, I said it on this show before. We ask for professional sport. You've got professional sports. Professional sport is, like you say, it's a corporate decision sometimes. Absolutely. And I think, I think to be honest, and I'm talking um, very much from the side here, that I think the balance has to be found. You know, you, you can't have a system where you're just pumping money in because eventually, you know, it's gonna, the bottom is going to fall off. 
Um, you know, and I think that that's a prime example um, where you can't just keep on, you know, pumping and pumping money and thinking that it's working. I think it works when when things are good, but as soon as things turn sour, like they had in our, um, you know, in the financial state status of, of the country right now, yeah. obviously it has, has an effect, and uh, it's it's not a system that's going to last. You know, so I think, you know, if they could have gone back to the system that was, I suppose, when I was there, where it was all about developing young players, mm. uh, maybe selling a few overseas, and, and just taking over. I mean, that's that worked for the club for many, many years. Um, you know, and that was a system that was sustainable. And I think when you're getting these, these big money spinners just pumping money in, you know, like I said, eventually it's going to end, you know, and, and, and you've got to know it's going to come. You know, it's just a matter of when. My guest is Roger Desai. I'm going to continue with a former Bafana Bafana goalkeeper. I didn't know that. I want to find out more about that. And also, quickly, just before we go to the break, did you know Terry Payne was the coach of Wits University from 1987 to 1988? Didn't know that. I played golf with Terry Payne once, and kid you not, he scored a hole in one. True story. Uh, but yeah, the names of the... <laughs> true story. Uh, nobody believed him. Terry Payne walked up, the, up to the 19th hole back when you could. And he goes, guys, I scored a hole in one. Not a single person believed him. But he did. Really. <laughs> so, yeah, I, know, I, know, I knew Terry Payne. I knew Terry Payne pretty well. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, a great, great footballer, by the way. Uh, yes. For many years in England, yeah. You don't get an MBE if you're not good. All right, so Roger, don't go away. We're going to continue our chat with Roger to sign a moment. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Guest is Roger Dessar, former Bafana Bafana goalkeeper. When did you play before Bafana, Roger? Oh, um, I started off at uh, Morocco Swallows mainly. I had a long career at Swallows and then eventually got bought by Sundowns. Um, mm. I had three years at Sundowns and then uh, in my later years I played for Bits and then straight into a coaching career. So that's basically, yeah, that was my, my pro career really. Which do you prefer, on the field or on the bench? <laughs> Definitely on the field. There's no two ways about it. Uh, oh, absolutely. There's uh, there's something about playing. And if you've played at at, uh, at the highest level, mm. and it's, you can never replace that. I mean, it's something that um, could never never leaves you. I think just you know what you miss the most when when you start playing is actually it's the vibe of the change room. I suppose you know the people around you, your mates uh, going onto the field and and after the game and so on. It's, as a coach or a manager, it's, it's quite different. You know, you're not really, you're not really a, a part of it um, like you used to be. Yeah, you you go in and everybody keeps quiet when you walk in. <laughs> yeah. You're like the headmaster. Kind of, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So it's not fun. I think the playing, the playing years, those are never. You can never replace those. Yeah, when when you when a team wins, obviously the eleven guys or the the twenty guys that are involved, the coach comes in and uh, do you, you celebrate as well? But you're saying even then, are you you're not you don't feel part of the the winning team. No, you do. I think um, it's just very different. You know the the highs and the lows are, are extreme. You know, I think in in, in all sport, and I think that's something that you learn very very quickly, even as a player. Um, and growing up, that to become a sportsman, you, you learn. You got to learn to accept that, and you got to learn to overcome those moments. Um, so, you usually, find yourself controlling the highs and the lows uh, in a very quick manner. You know, so 
yeah, it's it's difficult to explain, but uh, it's just very different. I think you know, as a manager, winning and losing is is, is quite uh, it's quite different to being a player. I think as a player, you analyze yourself, yeah, and as as a manager, you're analyzing everybody plus the opposition plus plus plus. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't end. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the referees, we don't forget the referees. Yeah. That play a part too, you know, and, and, and all else fails. Really, somebody can be <laughs> <laughs> What we, we asked this week, this question last week. What do you make of VAR in football? Yeah, look, I, I think um, initially I thought it was very good. I thought one, one of the things that I found with VAR is that when the decision was made by VAR, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of moaning and bitching and complaining yeah. and, and whatever. It was almost like. Okay, there it is, guys. That's it. It, it was on VAR, and everybody got on with it. And I think that was good to see um, the change. Where in the past, you know, a referee would give a, a dodgy penalty, and for the next thirty minutes or even ninety minutes, you'll get the players <laughs> yes. on the referee's back, and then the referee would be trying to reverse the decision at some stage, and it, it messed up the game. But once VAR came in, it was almost like, okay, you know, the computer says that it's. It was a penalty, and, and everybody got off of it. I just found that in the last sort of um, some of the matches I've been watching, that even the VAR is becoming consistent. You know, and, and I think that's that is sad. You know, that um, you know now um, the last ones I've seen is like uh, you know it's, it's some the arm is like so different now. Yes, you know, yeah. Trichy on the elbow, handball. Other, other VAR officials are are not giving it or. Or they're saying, oh, he couldn't move his arm away. And this is this is the problem that we have, even as, as players and as, as managers and coaches, that it's always grey. You know, it's never it's never a, a black and white scenario. So in tennis, for example, the ball is either in or out. Yeah. That's it. You know, um, where you, we're still allowing the human factor even to creep into the VAR scenario because there is somebody operating the VAR. And... and uh, and I don't think the rules have been set sort of, you know, sort of uh, rigid. You know, you've got to say, right, if it hits you on the arm, even if you can't move the arm away, it's a penalty. Yeah. And then that's it. We'll all accept that. But at the moment, some give it, some don't. And I think that's why you're still getting controversy over it. Yeah, but you also don't want the case of rugby where there's 27 different rules in a scrum or a line-out. Absolutely. Uh, rugby is even a little bit more more complicated um, yeah. when it comes to that. But, but it's, it's nice to see in rugby, for example, that uh, they use it at the right time. You know, they use it when the try is scored or not scored. Um, and I think 99% of the times it does give you uh, a good sort of um, view of it. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's improved the game and it's, it's made the game a lot more fairer. I think you've got you've to respect that. They're still making mistakes, but I think... The room for mistakes is a lot less now because you you can actually see the replay and you can actually go over it. The nice thing about rugby is that the referees are consistent, you know, continuously talking and you can hear them talking about the rules and, yes. and and giving instructions. It is nice to see. Where in football, I think the referee is still very protected. Let, let's, know, talk, um, let's talk about that. I would, we've, we've got two minutes. So I just need to cut you short a bit there. There was one question we were going to ask you last week. Again, we were talking about referees. What is the, for lack of a better word, the disciplinary process for a referee week in and week out? Are, are, do you guys write reports on them? And then how are they chosen? <laughs> what's what's the yeah. process if a referee makes a mistake or is great? Well, what, I still find one of the, one of the issues that in our football in this country, for example, the referees, 
come from SARS and they don't come from the PSL. Yes. So I don't think the PSL is in any control of the referees. I think that there is a, a body that appoints referees and they'll allocate referees for different matches. And that's it. But they are SARS officials, they're not PSL officials. Um, obviously, if they're good or bad, I think that's totally decided by, by SARSA and their committees and their referees committees that judge the referees. The sad part about it is that, you know, there's no real accountability um, on the referees from our side. If, if we make a mistake as managers or coaches <laughs> yes. or players, we get dropped, we get fined, we get punished. Um, and, it's, and it's out in the media. I mean, you can't hide. You know, you, you get a red card and you get suspended for two matches. It could be out in the media. They even print the fine that, that they impose on you. Yes. Um, and if you, your wife finds out about the fine, just to make matters even worse. So, so you know, on, on the other side, you see referees make lots of mistakes, which, which is acceptable. They are human. I mean, let's be honest about it. Even though they might think they never do make mistakes, but they do. Um, but we don't know what the consequences are and we don't know what the repercussions are. So um, it is sad. Um, I always say that referees should be like managers and players. We, we finished a game of 90 minutes of heated stuff. And after two minutes, you've got a microphone in front of your face and yes. 20 cameras. So, and you've got to, and you've got to answer. Yeah. Correct. And if you say one wrong word, you're going to be called up and, and hammered and, and, you know, and... Uh, I don't know, they slap you over the wrist and another fine and whatever. Where the referee gets sort of uh, escorted with four, four securities into his car and he's whisked away. And he's the one that actually might have made the mistake that yeah. cost you the game. So I always say, you know, let's be transparent. Why not have everybody, you know, talk about it and, and discuss it? Because right, right. I've yet to see a referee put his hand up and say, sorry, guys, yeah, I made that one up. Right, yeah. Roger. Unfortunately, we need to leave it there. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Stay safe. and uh, Yeah, you too. Hope, hopefully, we'll see you guys in the field soon. Roger Dessau, former right. Bafana goalkeeper, uh, currently the Cape Omoyo United coach, also been in charge of Vitz Pirates, Ajax, Marisburg United and Platinum Stars.